Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Thank you for joining me again today. Really excited that you're listening. Yesterday, I had a missionary friend, a pastor friend, and a friend uh, here on the studio with me, and we talked about his experience as a seminary president in Africa and had a wonderful time talking about that and about how they trained up pastors to go out and preach the gospel in villages and we even talked about some experiences and even some animal experiences and it really quite was quite an experience. His name is uh, Steve Rennick. Steve, thank you for being with me again today. Great to be back with you, Pastor Tom. Yeah, it was enjoyable yesterday. I mean, I learned a lot. You and I have not discussed those things that we talked about yesterday, so it was kind of fresh and hmm. exciting to me. I mean, it's got to be exciting when you're being chased by an elephant. I mean, that's all there is yeah, to that's, it. You know? That's, as I said yesterday, that's when you know you're alive. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you told me the other day something about how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant, Pastor Tom? Yeah. One bite at a time. Oh, there you go. There it is. The true. Do people eat elephants? Curiosity, or is that just? Uh, I mean, uh, not officially. They don't officially. But not there's officially. probably people that do. But there's no question that yeah, that, the that it does happen. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what elephant meat would be like. I bet it tastes like chicken. Do you think? So? <laughs> That'd be one large chicken. That would be a that would be a mambo sized yeah. chicken. Yeah. Well, anyway, the Lord brought you to Africa, and then after getting that facility started and going very well. Yeah, you've changed directions, and you ended up in? Uh, in Indianapolis for 14 years. Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, most people go from rural East Africa to the Indy 500. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you ever go to the Indy 500? I've been on the track. I've actually did a lap on the track before, went to a lot of the carb days, that kind of thing. Never went. Uh, the Indy 500 is on Sunday morning, so as a pastor, it did, I never it I never got, I never got to the race. But uh, but went to the pre race festivities. It's you know it's the world's largest sporting event. Wow, three hundred thousand people in one place. Man, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And Jim Neighbors singing back home in Indiana. That's Gomer Pyle for you that don't know. That's exactly right. Boy, he had a voice too, didn't he? he oh, golly, yeah. His voice, he could sing like the yeah, best of my voice. I still watch him on TV some, you know, yeah. and it's kind of it's yeah. kind of fun. So anyway, so you went to this church and tell us a little bit about that church. Yeah, so this congregation, Church at the Crossing in Indianapolis, golove.org, was a wonderful church. They had come over on work camps and worked with us in Africa is how we got to know them. Four different work camps came over. During our seven years in Africa, my wife and I hosted 28 work camps. So like in the year 2001, 20 years ago, at the end of the year, we went back through the calendar and there were 32 nights out of 365 that we didn't have at least one person or as many as 27 sleeping with us in our home. Wow. So that was the way our life was. My wife says often that she ran an Airbnb for seven years. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. And so we came to know a good number of people from that congregation, maybe about 50 or 60 different people had stayed with us in our home for a couple of weeks at a time, working with us on the facilities, building relationships with, uh, with African believers. And their long-term pastor, the good pastor David Cox, uh, retired after 28 years in that congregation. And uh, of course, the joke is all of the good candidates uh, were busy, so they wound up talking to me. <laughs> How did you like that? I mean, it had to, certainly had to be different going from Africa all of a sudden to Indianapolis to a large church, too. I mean, it wasn't yeah. a small church. Yeah, it wasn't a small church. Yeah, well, it, you know, I think if you can leave Washington, D.C., and 
you know, tennis courts and a swimming pool to move to rural Africa, it's a little easier to leave rural Africa to move to Indianapolis. That's a little easier transition. Do you like Indiana? We loved Indiana. The people were very, I mean, it's the Midwest. And people refer to Indianapolis as the top of the buckle of the Bible belt. Oh. So it's the most churched city in America. So wow. when we moved there, 43% of the population went to church. That was the most anywhere in America. So we always think of the South as the Bible Belt in America. It's not really true when you actually check the statistics, culturally perhaps, but not in practice. So Indianapolis was a unique place and a unique opportunity. People hear, oh, wow, 43% go to church. My goodness, the most in America. That means 57% don't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's the right. number to, to recognize is the fact that more than one out of two people have no connection with the church. So you got a lot of room to grow. Well, I come from a military family, so we refer to that as a target-rich environment. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. You had a how long were you there? We were there fourteen years. We mothered two daughter churches during that time, so we would bring a church planter. Onto our staff, we would pay that person's salary for six months. We would tell that person, this is a well-stocked pond. Please go fishing. We would encourage our people to talk with this new pastor and to pray about whether or not God would send them to go with this new pastor to help plant a new church in a less churched part of our city. So we did that twice. Today, if you add up the congregation that we pastored and the two new congregations that we started— that's more than twice what we started with. And so we, we feel very good about that. I, I'm, I feel very strongly about church planting, primarily because church plants help people meet Jesus. So the most common statistic you will hear is that local existing or long-term existing congregations will grow 20% by evangelism, 80% by transfer. Those numbers are inversed in a church plant. Wow. Church plants tend to grow 80% by evangelism and 20% by transfer. And so I really want people to know Jesus. Right. And because I want people to know Jesus, I believe in and support church planting. In fact, in your new role, in uh, not new now, it's been four years, but in, in Colorado, that was one of the reasons I understand why you went to Colorado. Yeah, so Colorado is among the least churched states in America. So I lived in the most churched city, and I moved to Colorado, which has about a 2% churched population. So I went from 43% to 2 That's a very target-rich environment. Wow. Ninety, 98%. So where I live in my house, I can give you the name of every one of my neighbors, not a single neighbor has any connection with any kind of church whatsoever. Not one. Not a single one. Well, and that's, that's very typical in Colorado. And how do you minister to people like that? How do you minister? You have 98% of the people aren't going to church. Mm. How do you minister to them? What is the, what's the key? Love your neighbor. As yourself. So we, we three words, love your neighbors, what we say to people. And uh, so we just try to be the best neighbors we can. We're kind of the party of the neighborhood. We have a, an open door. We have an open backyard. I have an open barbecue. I shovel a lot of snow in Colorado. So Kelly, my next door neighbor, is a great guy. He works for the Space Force. He's a captain in the Space Force, Air Force Space Force. He and I now, we're, we're buddies. We're the snow shoveling buddies. We do the whole cul-de-sac. We do everybody's driveway, everybody's sidewalks. He's a lot younger and stronger than I am. I keep talking to him while he does a lot of shoveling. 
Um, and it's a new thing for him. And it's a great thing to to serve our neighbors. And so we do that. We shovel a lot of snow. We get to know people. We make sure we find out people's middle names. People don't know one another's middle names. So we try to find out people's middle names, our neighbors' middle names. We find out when their birthdays are, and we celebrate their birthdays for them. And, you know, people just aren't used to that. And it doesn't take long when you're just being a decent neighbor for people to begin to ask questions. People need people, yes. And mm. uh, you had told us that you kind of have a church away from church. Well, I certainly do. I don't pastor a local church now because I work with churches all around the state of Colorado, um, officially and then beyond as well. So we actually pastor the Del Taco on North Academy in Colorado Springs. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we know all of the staff by name. It's it, We just picked a place, and we just decided we wanted to bloom in one place. And I like their breakfast. So I like breakfast Del Taco. Sorry for Taco Bell and the rest of you. So I just started getting to know the staff there and get, get, get to know their names. And it was really interesting. There was a, a prep cook in the back, and... He wouldn't hardly talk to anybody, so I just kept talking to him. I found out his name. I'd call him by name. I'd walk around the side and call him by name and greet him. And it took a couple of weeks for him to even kind of acknowledge I was there. And slowly by slowly, I got him to finally respond to me and talk to me and found out his name and found out where he was from. And And I know when somebody's about my age and they're working as a as a prep cook at a fast food place in the morning, I know what that means. That means you're an ex-con. And uh, ex-cons are notoriously friendless. So I just decided to be this man's friend. And over the course of about six months, we just became friends. And if you look at my phone today, you'll see that I had a text from him last night. We were texting again last night uh, because we've become friends. And everybody needs a friend. And we just did that with the whole staff. The manager didn't know what to make of us. And she was the most resistant to any kind of relationship. And I don't blame her. She's a young lady, half my age, and here's an old fart. Am I allowed to say that on your radio program? You just did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, and I'm friendly, and I don't blame her for being a, a a little leery until my wife went one day with me. And out of, I, I don't know how Diane knew to do this, she just looked at this lady, and she just said to her, what's your favorite kind of cookie? And she she was taken back, and she looked at my wife, and then she told her, I like chocolate chips, chocolate chip cookies with walnuts. Oh, okay, thanks. And I didn't know what Diane was doing. And two days later, Diane handed me a, a big gallon-sized Ziploc baggie with homemade chocolate chip cookies with walnuts and said, would you take this too? And said her name. And so I drove over to my church, the Del Taco, <laughs> and I uh, went in and called her my name, and, and she came up to take my order. I said, oh, I'm not, I'm not here to order. I'm here to, to do a delivery. This is from my wife. And the lady's eyes went wet. Uh, wow. She's known my name, and we know her name. And that's part of how I pastor the Del Taco. That's great. Well, folks, this has been fun. And Steve, can I get another day out of you? All right, one more. Okay, get another day out of you. Okay, folks, hey, have a great, great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.